It is time. We are back and in a different format. If you don't know, uh, or if you're still listening on podcasts, first of all, thank you for sticking with us. If not, well, we're live streaming. You can find us at YouTube. Make sure to go to our YouTube page, subscribe. If you are a new listener, please also hit that like button. It is appreciated. Otherwise, you can always follow us on Twitter. You can follow us on Facebook at Twitter. It's at Corner Lockdown. You can follow each of us individually. I have my Twitter handle in the bottom left-hand corner. If you're watching the live stream, it's at AJ Brault. Dustin, you want to give out your Twitter handle? As always, I should mention, Dustin and Alec are with me today. Dustin, your Twitter handle for the good people. My Twitter handle is Dustin Burgundy at DustinBurgundy51. Pretty simple. If you don't want to spell my name, well, sorry. It's B-E-R-G-E-N-E. So you can actually, and forgive us, this first episode of the live stream might be a smidge sloppy, so bear with us. You can actually change your name. I don't know if you can do it while we're in the thing, but, I mean, who knows? We'll get there. And then Alec, who you cannot see if you're watching the live stream, he is currently eating a meal, so he might not even have his microphone on. Alec, would you like to give out your Twitter handle to the people? Yeah, my Twitter handle is a r o u t e underscore seventy two. That's a route seventy two on Twitter. All right, easy enough. Thank you all for tuning in or listening on the podcast. This is our first time doing this. It might be a little messy. Stick with us; it'll get better. But let's not waste any more time. Let's get to the news and notes. News and notes from the league. All right, so, weirdly, this has been a weird season for the Packers because they signed two key free agents, like names you know. Let's start with the one they signed last week. We actually talked about him on the show briefly, like literally 48 hours before. We were like, oh, that'd be cool if, but yeah, when's the last time they got a linebacker? They got him. The Packers got Jalen Smith, former Cowboy linebacker, former Pro Bowler, was cut by Dallas in kind of a surprise move. Wasn't living up to their expectations, but Green Bay happy to pick him up. Connection with Matt LaFleur. Dustin, let's start with you. Jalen Smith is a Green Bay Packer. How does that make you feel? I mean, what's to be upset? I mean, we're not paying him much to be here. He wanted to be here. And it's another linebacker for our core, you know. Obviously, we've been really struggling in the past with having decent linebackers. So, I mean, what's to be upset about? We're not paying him much money, and he wants to be here. Nothing else really needs to be said. I'm sure he'll be a great addition. Yeah, you know, I saw a lot of reports from uh, Dallas fans, you know, how they be, you know, Dayton boys, um, you know, you see them going around. They were not so happy with Jalen Smith when he was leaving. But I feel like that's kind of the case whenever anybody leaves a team. Everybody always kind of goes, oh, we didn't need him anyway. Hmm. You know, it's just I mean, that's how the Bears went down when uh, we took Amos from them and what was essentially a trade for Ha Ha Clinton Dix. And, uh, you know, you know how that one ended up. I mean, Amos is, you know, a top 10 safety in the league now. And is Clinton Dix in the league anymore? I'm not really sure. Anyway, last I, last I checked, I think he was. He just got picked up by somebody. It was somebody random, but I'll look it up. Continue, though. But, yeah, anyway, I am happy to have Jalen on the squad. I think that he's going to be a a great depth player, if nothing else. And, uh, yeah, hopefully he can just clean up. Excuse me. Hopefully he can just clean up. Yo! Of of those uh, past 
passing downs is, is kind of what he looks like. He needs a little bit of help with. <laughs> good one, Alec. Good one. Oh, that was just magical. Uh, to answer, uh, Ha Ha Clinton Dix is in the league. He is currently a Las Vegas Raider of all places. It's just ah, blowing coverage is there, I see. Ah, yes. Yes, indeed. Oh, we are off to a great start. I'm beat red. My face is hot. All right, but let's go on to more Packers news. Yesterday, there was word that they were interested in Whitney Merciless after he was just cut. He's an outside linebacker for the Houston Texans, or I should say was, because now he is in Titletown. They got another linebacker, another edge rusher. I want to throw out there that while I'm happy with this, because he's never been a pro bowler, never been an all-pro, but he's been a solid linebacker throughout his career. Does this send any red flags to anybody else? Why does this make me feel like the Zadarius Smith injury is more than what they're leading on? Now, I understand Preston Smith is hurt. They, some dude named Garvin, 53, never saw that dude in my life. He was running around in Chicago last week. I, I have no idea where he came from. So either they're really thin right now with all the injuries. Preston Smith is hurt. I don't know if I said that. Again, nerves. Sorry. <laughs> but I don't know if this means the Zadarius Smith thing is bigger than it is or if they just needed more outside linebacking help. And to get a guy like Merciless at this point, pretty damn impressive for middle-of-the-season acquisition, especially just off the street. So Alec has left the the uh, stream so dustin <laughs> what do you have to say about whitney merciless joining the squad rather impressive with us right now but uh like you said i think it's it's a mix between zadarius injury i think it is more serious than they're letting it out to be obviously if it's enough to put him on the ir and really hold him out for five plus weeks you know it's pretty serious and they really don't know what's going on and then number two we are pretty thin at outside linebacker right now with zadarius and Preston Smith being out, it, it, that really hurts. And just having someone that can you can you know that can step in and make plays and just do their job is really what we needed. It's it's not a bad signing at all. I really thought it was good, solid depth. Can't complain. Yeah, and I mean, if nothing else, you know, adding to our uh, defense is always a great thing. But when we're adding a name that isn't Smith, I feel like we just get a little bit more badass, you know, especially with a name like Merciless. Now we've got Merciless and Savage on our defense. I mean, come on. Come on. We're going to be striking fear into folks like it's no tomorrow. Anyway, though. I've uh, I've always been a fan of Merciless. I think that he comes through in clutch moments. He doesn't always pop off of the stat sheet, but I feel like any time that we can get a guy who we can count on for between five and eight sacks a year to add to what is already a pretty decent pass rush, I feel like it's a no-brainer. Well, and that's just the thing. Right now, not that Justin Fields looked great by any means, but Joe Burrow. All kinds of time. Roethlisberger, all kinds of time. They can't get pressure on anybody. Like, And some of these offensive lines are playing. The Bears' offensive line is awful. They did get to fields a little bit, but they should be dominating that offensive line. They Not that they're trash, but they're not very good. I mean, they have Jason Peters, who's literally on one leg. He's 40 years old and on one leg. Like, they should have dominated. They can't get anybody – at the quarterback, they can't get anyone in the backfield, and that's the problem. So you get two veterans and Smith and Merciless, and hopefully they can help you out and go from there. Speaking of that Bears game, it is time for our second ever 
Rewind. If I can find the imaging, there it is. <laughs> Game Rewind. What just happened? Time to roll back the tape. Here's this week's Game Rewind. All I want to know if you got your popcorn ready. So last time we recorded, they were going to Cincinnati. So let's cover that game. One of the wackiest games. I don't even say crazy. It was wacky. It was weird. One of the weirder games I've ever seen in my life. Packers at Bengals. The Packers win 25-22 to in overtime. Mason Crosby and Evan McPherson, the kicker for the Bengals, combined. Missed five. That's one, two, three, four, five field goals in a row. It was insane. My favorite part, maybe of any football game I've ever watched, was the confident Bengals kicker thinking he made the field goal and he actually didn't hit anything outside of the flag and he was jumping up and down like he had won the game. Hysterical. Like, look at the referees. If you don't know, make sure the referees have their hands up. Otherwise, don't celebrate. Much like touchdowns, like these guys celebrate touchdowns and then there's a holding penalty and it brings it back and then they just look like idiots for 15 seconds because they were dancing. Always look at the referee, kids. Anyway... So, strange game. Alec, let's start with you. What were your takeaways from Packers at Bengals? Uh, my takeaway was that even with our defense being in kind of shambles of sorts, we really did a great job going up against what I think is probably going to finish the year as a top 10 offense in the league. I mean, you look at the studs across the board that Cincy has. Sure, their own line can lack a little bit, and Burrow hasn't looked perfect, but Burrow's looked good enough. Mixon's looked really solid. I mean, they've got Higgins. They've got Jamar Chase, who, by the way, might be the best young receiver outside of Justin Jefferson in the league. I, I love, yeah, really is. And so for our for our defense to be as down as many people as it is, I feel like they really held their ground against what could be one of the best offenses in the league this year. I feel like Jamar Chase was what Tavon Austin was supposed to be. Like, deep uh-huh. threat, quick, shifty. That play, Burrow threw it just off his back foot, just basically a Hail Mary at the end of the half. I don't know how Savage didn't at least get a finger on that ball. Ends up in his lap and he walks in for six. Like it was insane. I love the Bengals receiving core, and I don't want this to turn into a Bengals love fest because I do think they're actually pretty darn good. Even though when you think Bengals, you think mediocre. But Dustin, any takeaways from Packers Bengals or anything you want to add to Alex's point? Yeah, I thought you know I really agree with Alex. I thought for how many key players we were missing in that game, I thought. It was. Sorry. I don't know, what's going, I don't know what's going on. Here. Keep talking. I'm panicking. Anyways, we're good. Okay. Uh, right. I thought Let's it was. For. I thought our defense played really well, especially for you know again what we had. It was it, Stokes was really impressive too. I thought that was a really impressive game out of him, even though he let a couple up, which you know it's expected. You're going to get it burned a couple times. It's going to happen. But I was really impressed with how he played, and I'm not going to get ahead of myself a, a game. But he played really well, and then obviously with the offense. What's, what's going on? I, I just I'm putzing. I probably shouldn't be putzing during live stream. Continue talking. All good. All good. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, I thought offense looked pretty good. Um, near the end of the game, you know, like we talked about before, just you know, they kind of stall. Like at the end of the game, they just kind of like their offense can't really get going at the end of the game. And that was that was a recurring thing. I mean, obviously this whole season so far, but like in that game especially, like I don't know what happened between 
the third and fourth quarter, but you could just tell the offense just completely changed. Like, it was didn't even look like the same team. Well, and it's funny you say that because the only note I had for this game other than the crazy kicking, Alex said this for the San Francisco game. We were winning that game. It wasn't super impressive, but we were winning. Like, we should have – I mean, not that we should have blew them out because they played tough in the second half. They could have won that game by double digits. And yeah. instead, it was 25-22 in overtime. Like, they let – Constant. It is constant with this team, even against the Bears. They let their foot up off the gas. Go for the kill shot. You should be, um, as I just said, Cincinnati is very good. I'm going to contradict myself. You should be able to beat them by 10. The Bears, you should have been able to beat by 21. Like, especially against a rookie quarterback whose coach is just dreadful. Nagy needs to go if the Bears want any hope or anything. But anyway, like, I don't understand why they get into these games and just, oh, we got the lead, good enough. We'll just coast to the end. No. You're the Green Bay freaking Packers. You got Aaron bleeping Rodgers. Put your foot on your throat, end the game. I don't understand why they keep coasting, and now I'm getting emotional. Alec, this is I, your point. What do you have to say for yourself? I, I honestly want to say I feel like Rodgers needs pressure in order to thrive. I've said this in the past. He is one, he, he's a very clutch player. He loves putting the game on his back. But when you're up big, it's hard to feel that pressure. It's kind of like that old boxer saying. It's harder to get up at 4, 4 a.m. to grind before a fight if you're getting out of silk sheets as opposed to, you know, getting yourself out of the gutter. That's not to say that Rodgers was ever really in the gutter but it's a lot harder to go out there and really just gun people down when you're up by 15, you know, but I don't like that. It's not something that I enjoy. I wish that we'd be able to stay up top for the entire game, but I will say this. It does add some dramatic effect, just like that long pause. I I was intrigued. <laughs> no, I just, I don't understand. You're right. He's shown he has the killer instinct. He loves coming from behind. He's made the clutch plays. But at what point? Just last week. Now, granted, division game, Chicago's field's awful, so it's not a super fast track. I get all of that. But, my God, you should have at least put up 31 on him. Now, I know the defense, the pass rushers, Robert Quinn, Khalil Mack, they had good games. I get that. Your offensive line's a little beat up. Okay, fine. There's no reason you shouldn't have been able to score 31 on them for sure. And I know that only it's kind of crazy because it only means one more touchdown, but they had opportunities to score in that game. So anyway, let's move on. I guess we kind of already talked about the Bears game. So we'll just get into it. Uh, Dustin, Packers-Bears rivalry game. Now will forever be known. This specific game might be Roger Swan song in Chicago, and it ends in the absolute perfect Mwah. Chef's kiss way. I own you. I still own you. That was hysterical. The funniest thing I could have ever seen out of that game. I mean, like, you can't blame them. Like, if a, if a fan's sitting there flipping you off, like, I'm, you're going to say something. Like, it was just hilarious the way he said it. And then Tom Brady's comments after that, I guess he's a shareholder of the Bears now. That was just, I mean, I don't like Tom Brady, but that was funny. That was really funny. Well, what's funnier about it is that the Bears players are like, oh, well, yeah, he's kind of right. Like, yeah. <laughs> I've yeah, I mean, never like, heard it, in professional sports 
this has been a weird week. Not this is a football podcast. I don't want to get away too far from that. But even Carlos Correa, there was a the whole thing where he did this after hitting a home run. He was tapping his wrist like he was tapping his watch because he hit a big home run. And then the Boston pitcher struck him out, whoever it was, one of the relievers, and did the same thing. And the manager was like, no, you get back in the dugout. You can't do that. And Correa's like, no, that's awesome. I love it. Taunt me. Just a strange week in sports. I've never quite seen anything like it. Uh, Alec, uh, I still own you. <laughs> I, uh, I, I feel like that is the most Rogers thing that he could have done in that moment. I mean – He's feeling the pressure again, and he just makes a clutch run. Even as he's aging here, he's got the old legs. He gets those old legs churning, and he makes his way to the end zone, absorbs a hit, lands, hits him with the belt, and I still own you. Don't you forget it. I may be an old man now. You may have a rookie quarterback. I still own you. There's no way you can get out of this. Man, I loved that. And and I loved especially how he doubled down on it when uh when asked about it. He he just said, Yeah, you know, that I think that I've had a lot of success there in my career. I I just yeah. But Yeah, he doesn't that, think he definitely knows. Yeah. When he says, Oh, I think I no, you know. Right. You're feeling yourself. You're walking around with your castanas in a wheelbarrow, like you know what's going on. <laughs> But here's here's the thing that I really uh, that I really appreciated about that game is you really saw the fire in Rodgers, not just in that moment, but on the ensuing drive when the defense needed to be pumped up a little bit. You saw him on the sideline screaming and pumping his arms, waving all around. Man, I haven't seen that kind of fire out of Rodgers in a long, long time, if ever. And the the crazy thing to me is. The media always attacks him for not caring. Now he goes out and he, he's showing all this passion, and it's like a double-edged double edged sword. They're attacking him now for being too passionate. It's like, man, pick it. Stay in your lane, you know? Yeah, and I, that was actually one of the things I was going to mention was last year's team, and I, I maybe it's not fair because it's two different groups, even though it's really not. Last year's team felt a lot more likable to me. You know, you guys tell me if I'm wrong. Last year's team, it was like you could really get behind that group. They were scrappy. No one believes in us. All that kind of, you know, general sports gush or whatever you want to call it. Like, it felt really like, oh, this is my team. This year, I don't want to say they're villains. But part of me feels like this team's just not very likable. Maybe it's the last dance. Maybe it's the Rodgers Adams, like, we're out of here after this year kind of hanging over them. This is a Darius Smith thing's kind of weird that it's all kind of – he might be upset. He might not be. Now he's hurt. Like, the whole thing just seems very strange to me, and maybe there's just too much drama. But this team just doesn't seem very likable. Where do you guys kind of stand on that? Am I, am I crazy? I think that what it is is this team is just kind of showing their teeth a lot. I don't know. I, I like this squad. I, I think that they're as gritty as can be. I, I love – how they're getting behind certain players. I wish that I wish that they would do that for more, but like the way that everybody rallies behind Big Dog when he makes a big time catch yeah. or you know just the the way that 
the way that everybody always is all over Adams and, and always complimenting him. I just wish that it was like that for everybody. I mean, you know, Alan Lazard had a really good year last year quietly, and I feel like he's regressing this year, and it might literally just be because there isn't as much emotion behind him as a player, you know? I wish they'd spread it out a little bit more amongst the players, but I like this squad because they are – if not anything else, a gritty bunch of son of a guns. Fair. But I want to ask Dustin this question too. I'm this is all conspiracy. So tinfoil hat is on. Do you think so Rogers and Adams had that last dance Instagram post? They both posted at the same time. It really feels speaking of Alan Lazard, this is what made me think of it. Rogers is targeting Adams a lot. I don't have the numbers in front of me right now. But it feels like 80% of the time. And we get it. That's his guy. He's the best receiver in the NFL. We don't – I mean, sure, he should be targeted that much. But even on the broadcast last week, they mentioned that this team's trying to get Alan Lazard going. So my conspiracy is Rodgers may retire, may leave, whatever he decides to do, but Adams is his guy. Do you think he's, like, intentionally forcing him the ball to make it – maybe seem like to pump up Adam's numbers maybe. This is all conspiracy, by the way. I have no proof. But it just seems like those two are in such lockstep that it could be chemistry. It could just be scheme. Or do you think maybe Rodgers and him kind of have a deal in place? Like, I will get you 125 catches and 1,700 yards and X amount of touchdowns. I don't know. Dustin? I mean – you could you could tickle that idea. You're really good. I mean, for how much I mean, like you said, I mean, it feels like ninety percent of the time balls is going Adam's way, which you know, yeah, you could argue that since they possibly want to leave next year, they want to boost their numbers like to like look better free agency, whatever, even though they have nothing more to prove. So I mean that's where I would contradict it is like they have nothing more to prove. I mean, Rogers is a two time MVP or three time, whatever he is, can't remember, honestly. But anyways, regardless, multiple time MVP. Yeah, three. <laughs> I think it's three. Yeah, you got me confused pretty, now. Yeah, and now I think of it. Gosh, wow, we are so good at remembering this stuff. But anyways, you know, obviously Super Bowl champ. He's got nothing left to prove. Adams probably best receiver in the league. So I, I mean, obviously Rogers always gonna have that connection with Adams, where they know what they want to do. He trusts Adams more. He's gonna throw him the ball. I mean, it's just plain and simple. Well, yeah, it could be that. I just don't think it is. So we got to keep this show rolling here because we spent a lot of time in the game rewind. But I do want to just throw out this little thing. I think we don't remember how many MVPs he has is because as Packer fans, we are spoiled. We have Our entire lives, we are all under the age of 30. Our entire lives, we've either had Brett Favre, which, I mean, think what you want about Brett Favre and all his scandals going on right now, or, and Aaron Rodgers. That is pretty damn amazing. And if they hit on Jordan Love, there's got to be something in the water at Lambeau, because that that shouldn't happen. Three three generational quarterbacks in a row would be mind blowing. Alex, hey, I think that you're neglecting the third best QB that's already been in the mix the whole time. You remember him? You loved him, Seneca Wallace. <laughs> for Rogers when it got hurt back in the day. No, no, it's not time for random Packer of the week. Alex. <laughs> it's not quite that time. <laughs> but. Since we're on games, let's just quickly, predictions for this weekend. They're playing Washington at home. They are back home after a two-game road trip. They are seven-and-a-half-point favorites at home. 
quickly, do we all think that Green Bay is going to win this game? Yep. Well, I'm going to be at this game. Um, I'm I'm still waiting to hear back from Green Bay about my media pass to get into the locker room. You know, the lockdown <laughs> corner needs to make it stamp. But I do think that we're going to win this game. I think it's going to be a big win, actually. I think that it's going to be at least 14 points. I feel like this is going to be the game where we see, I don't know, let's say here's my hot t- Well, not my hot take. Here's a take. I think that we're going to have at least three plays of over 25 yards. Hmm. I can see it. I actually, for through my work, um, we do a DraftKings 7-Up. There's about a dozen of, a dozen of us in it. And I actually have a stack of Rodgers, Adams, and uh, Aaron Jones this week just because I think that this is going to be a big week for them and the offense. So we're on agreement. Packers win this this week pretty easily. So we are rolling on. Oh, boy. It's everyone's favorite segment. It is time to take off. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Are you ready for a showdown? He had the craziest look in his eyes, and at one point he said, let's get it off. More than anything else, because this guy is a has-been. First on that, this, that, I- that, that, that is blasphemous! Because it's time for the takeoff. Are you joking me? We're going to be spicy, no? All right, so I don't even remember who won last week, but I will. I think, it was, I think it was a tie between you and Alec. We never decided who actually won. So I win by default because Alex is the host, and it would be in bad taste to have the host win at the tie. <laughs> it would sure. be collusion, yeah. I'm, We'd have to boot Alex off the show. Totally fine with that. I am fine with that because I got a doozy for you this week. Actually, it's not that spicy. I thought it was hot when I was thinking of it. Now. I don't, it might be whatever. I believe that the Las Vegas Raiders are going to be better now that John Gruden and his nonsense is out of the building. Because apparently he didn't respect or command respect from that locker room, which if you read or know about his scandal, we're not going to talk about it here because it's pretty messy and I'm not equipped to talk about it. Um, Not that my opinion is the only one that matters. I'm just saying, I don't think we're equipped to talk about something quite that heavy. Anywho, a lot of racist, misogynist, just bad, bad things from Johnny. He's kind of a scumbag. I mean, it's kind yeah. of what it is. I'll tell you what, man. I'm not a very good human being, man. Sorry, that was my terrible limited fake rune. Only for the live stream do you get that kind of access and impression. Uh, anyway, so apparently reports are coming out that the Raiders knew about these emails last year. And didn't do anything about it. So I think there were problems in that locker room. So now I believe that John Gruden is out. The Raiders will take off. No pun intended. Although I feel like that deserves a... He said it. He said it. So anyway, John Gruden gone, Raiders up. Fellas? Well, you know, like I said before, I 100% said at the end of the season, I thought John Gruden was going to be out of the job regardless. You know, did I hope it was going to happen this way? No, obviously not. But I thought he was on the hot seat regardless. Obviously, them having freaking four first-round picks that one year and probably blowing every single one of those on just useless players and then completely reaching on a left tackle during this last draft was probably one of the worst picks I've seen of all time. And he actually 
kind of not good too. They took Clellan Farrell, defensive end out of Clemson, fourth overall. Nobody knows that name. The only reason so I remember, is I remember watching it going, who? Yeah, exactly. Exactly, and that's why, like, when when that after that draft happened, which really it kind of it changed a lot of things for them because really it was a really bad draft for the team. Like that was a really bad draft. They had like they had I think at least three first round picks, and they probably messed up for sure two of those. On top of my head, I can't remember the third one. Josh, they Jacob. really messed up. Josh Jacobs. Although is he a miss? Not that we need to debate Raiders football. Is Josh I think Jacobs he's a, a hit. I think he's a hit. I wouldn't. I, I would say. I would say average. I wouldn't say he's a big hit. I wouldn't say he's a loss. He's he's adequate. You know, he does the job. I mean, granted, it confused me that they, then they want to pick up Kenyon Drake and do nothing with him. So that's where I get confused. I don't know. I okay. Anyways, I'm getting too long about this. I take it because obviously I agreed with it the whole time, and I'll give you a four. All right, so a four. Uh, not just so everyone knows, watching this is not a Raiders podcast. This is a Packers and football podcast. We're not. We've talked way too long about the Raiders. Alec, just grade me so we can get on to the next day. <laughs> Yeah, I'll give you a, I'll give you a three on that, and I'll take it. Um, the three is because I've seen a lot of the uh, a lot of the media buzz has been kind of going in that direction as a whole. I don't know if that's just piling on at this point because Gruden is, you know, as we were saying, a complete scumbag. Um, but you know, I I've seen I've seen a, a bit of people rallying behind this this new interim coach, and apparently. He's got a pretty good football mind. So, yeah, I'll give you a three and I'll take it. All right. So, so far I am in the lead and currently have the title of Master Debater. So, let's figure out <laughs> who's in contention. <laughs> so, let's go with Alec and see if you will challenge for the title of Master Debater. What is your take? I don't know how spicy this is. I don't know where you guys stand on it. But I feel like at the end of his career – Derrick Henry will own every significant rushing record and he will be labeled as the goat of rushing the football. I think he's going to be the best running back to ever grab the ball, burst through the line and try and get to the end zone while stiff arming a lot of smaller men on his way there. He's the fastest. He, he has the fastest uh, speed in the league thus far. He's the fastest ball carrier in the league thus far. He's hit the highest speed. He is 250 pounds, and he is much larger than most that are trying to take him down. I it's mean, insane. That, it, Did you, you see – I don't know. How, sorry to cut you off. Did you see Monday night? He stiff-armed a defensive lineman. Big cat. And he just pushed him to the ground like he was a dad playing with his kids. I was hoping I wasn't the only one who saw that. That was insane. He literally like just treated him like a child. Like, yeah, please get away. Yeah, I mean, there's 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 players like this from time to time in every sport where it's just like, wow, they are a lot better than everybody else around them. I mean, in basketball, you can look at a lot of people. You can look at you know, um, you can look at Abdul. Um, in in baseball, let's look at Barry Bonds. In football. Jim Brown is who he reminds me of, and that's scary because Jim Brown literally made folks look like they were kids. You know? And you know what? I'll I'll just get mine out of the way. Four and take it. It's not that spicy, 
but you could see a path. But we said the same thing about Adrian Peterson, and then the end got really messy with the legal stuff, and then his career just kind of tailed off. So you, there's a path, though. I don't. No one in the NFL is close. He's the best running back there is right now. I don't think it's particularly close. So I'll say four. I will take it. Dustin, your score. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't see how anyone can really deny this. I mean, the dude's a freak. I mean, just a legit freak. I mean, that long run he had too. I mean, on Monday night was just insane. I mean, like when you're out running D backs and safeties as just a massive man, and you can just stiff arm anyone you want. I mean, it's just hard to deny it. He just. He just like Alex said, he's just simply better than everyone in the field. So yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have to give him a four too because I think it's not spicy, but it's a good take, and yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, so that'll be a four for Alex. So currently, Alex is in the league for this week's the lead for this week's title of master debater. Dustin, will you try and dethrone him? Sure, I will certainly try. Again, I don't know how spicy this is because I don't know how you guys' feelings are about him, but my take is that Justin Herbert won MVP this year. I think he's off to a really great start. I think with the amount of run, the passing yards he's having and the amount of impact he has on his team, I think it's kind of hard to deny that he is not at least top three right now in MVP, but I think at the end of the season he will be the MVP. I mean, he seems like he gets better every week besides last week. <laughs> last week was just kind of a disaster for him, but I just – I don't I see I see it happening. He is so crazy, and I listened to the Levitard show, and they obviously they're based in Miami – and a lot of their crew is Dolphins fans, they are beside themselves that they now – they took Tua in front of Herbert, and I like Tua. I know he's not great. I thought he looked decent in London, but against the Jags and Urban Meyer's a clown and that whole deal. So how much can you actually take out of it? I don't know. But, I mean, Herbert is special. I don't know if he's Mahomes special because that's kind of a different class. But you can make a damn good argument about it. So I don't think it's that spicy. So I'll give you a three, but I'm definitely taking it. Because as of right now, I think it's between him and Murray and probably Derrick Henry. But because he's a running back, he won't get the respect he deserves. But those would be my three. I think it's spicy enough, in my opinion. When you look at the league's quarterbacks right now, you've got Mahomes, you've got Rodgers, you've got... Josh Allen, you've got, you know, a ton of stars right now at the quarterback position. Kyler Murray, Wilson's out right now, but he's always up at the top. I think it's spicy to say that this man, that this young man, who, by the way, still looks like a young man. He looks like he's probably, (laughs) he looks fresh out of high school, um, in my opinion. But anyway, his talent level is what we're discussing, not how young he looks. And I think that his talent level out of five is a five, and that's how spicy I think this take is, is a five. Oh, I will hey. take that as well. I think that he's going to – I I don't – let me make myself clear. I do not think that he will win the MVP, but I think that he is going to be good enough to win the MVP, similar to how uh, Josh Allen was last year, how he was probably good enough to win the MVP, but Rodgers was just unbelievable. All right, so if you're following along on the live stream, in the bottom left-hand corner, you will see that we have a tie. We may have to adjust our scoring system because I feel like we have a tie every week. So um, I I don't have a coin in front of me. So Dustin, Alec, you're both master debaters this week. And we're just going to leave it at that. No, no, winner, no winners, no losers, except for me. I am not a master debater. 
Um, uh-huh. Yeah. So Sorry. you two will win. Now we have something really exciting. So we have we wanted to do one extra segment, something special for this. Oh, I guess this new incarnation. Is that the right word? I don't know. But this new evolution of the show now that we're on a live stream. So we are going every week. We are going to do this. We are going to a segment we call the bag of chaos. Here's how it works. I am going to draw a helmet out of a bag for each one of us. Each person can throw the helmet back one time. But so let's, for example, maybe this is just easier to show it. So, and if you're listening on podcast, I'm very sorry. So, there's a bag of mini helmets here, football helmets. I'm going to pick one, and whoever team that you pick, that's the team you have this week. So, for example, if you pull Tennessee, you need Tennessee to beat Kansas City. That's the game this week. So, you have an option. You can keep the Tennessee helmet, or you can throw it back and try one more time. The second helmet drawn is final. So what's going what's gonna to happen is we're going to keep track of our record for each helmet we pick and for each team we get every week. And then at the end of the year, whoever loses is going to have to do something on our Facebook page, or on not Facebook, on our YouTube page, or maybe, well, it'll probably end up on our Facebook page anyway. On our social media platforms, someone will have to do something as punishment for losing. Now, I know this is all kind of the last minute idea. Does everyone kind of understand how this is going to work? I agree. Cool. <laughs> that didn't really answer the question, but sure. All right. And we do have some music. Let me know if you guys can hear it on your end, just so I'm sure. Ooh, dramatic I'm music. <laughs> All right. So we'll turn that down a little bit. All right. Who wants to go first into the bag of chaos? Me. It's me. All right. Since it's someone answered, Alex going first in the bag of chaos. So here we go. Alec, your team, so you may choose. And I have the lines courtesy of CBS Sports. First helmet, oh, the Chicago Bears. So, Alec, you can take the Chicago Bears who are at Tampa and they are 12-and-a-half-point underdogs. So if they if they lose by less than 12-and-a-half, do I still win? The music's really loud. We're going to kill the music. I'm sorry, what did you say? So do they do they have to win or can they just cover the spread? So they have to win. They just have to win outright. All right. So I'm going to put that back, even though I know you're going to be devastated because Alex Brault is a closeted (laughs) Bears fan. You know, I just like it when the Bears are better because the rivalry is more fun. (laughs) Ask. Yeah, you're a sinner, damn it. All right. Here we go. Shaking up. Good rummage. I know Alex likes a good rummage. (laughs) And. The Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys are... They have a bye. They have a bye. So, Alec, congratulations. You get an automatic win. Sick. I love this. Yeah. Well, of course you do. You just won. I call collusion. I love this game. (laughs) All right. So, Dallas, off the board, that is a win for Alec. I'm going to write that down before I forget. All right. So, Alec is 1-0. Dustin, you're up next. I will go last. All right, Dustin's first helmet is the Packers, seven and a half point favorites at home. Oh, yeah, I'm taking it. Yeah, that's a keeper. I figured that would be. So, 
I, I might as well put W down, but I know that I'll jinx myself if I do that. Or I'll jinx them, and then everyone will blame me. All right, here we go. My turn. So I, I like a good rummage as well. So I have one on my finger. The Rams. The Rams are 15-point favorites at home against Detroit. I am keeping that. I don't, I don't, other than the bye week, I don't think you can do much better than that. So I am going to take the Rams. So that was the very, I guess, that was the the bag of chaos. We'll see how it goes. It might be a total failure. But, uh, yeah, bag of chaos. <laughs> Dude, oh. Goff is going to come out and he's going to light Detroit up. It is a Jared Goff revenge game, but 15-point favorites at home against an 0-6 line team. Unless Dan Campbell's biting off their kneecaps, I feel pretty safe. So Which, I don't know. I could see him doing it at this point. That dude's a complete psychopath. Okay, can we talk about this? Let's just quickly – I don't want to talk Lions football, but since we're here, can we just talk – he was crying. You are a leader of men, sir. Like, if this is – okay, this is what it reminded me of. I well, my dad's kind of softened up in his old age. So like, fifteen years ago, this is like watching my father cry. Like, what? What are we doing here? I don't. I didn't understand it. Please, I need your thoughts on Man Campbell crying on the sideline. I mean, like, I get he's emotional about the game, and like, I get like his players like worked hard and fell short, but like, I mean, come on, man. Like, this could easily be a segment of ESPN because like. There's no need to cry over a lost game. Like, I get it. You're emotional. You're into the game. You care about your guys. But, like, control your emotions a little bit. Like, no reason to cry over it. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, when it all boils down to it, it is just a, it is just a game. But, you know, I do, I do like to see emotion in sports. So, I applaud him for at least being, uh, at least being authentic. I guess, but man, this the only reason, and I don't want to sound like sensitivity is a bad thing. So kids listening, sensitivity is okay. It's it's all right to cry, but football. He's talking about biting kneecaps, and we're gonna punch you in the face. Then to sob on the sideline, like, come on, man. Anyway, that's enough of man Campbell speak for today. So we are towards the end of the show, and y'all know what that means. It's time for Random Packer of the Week. Let's go. It's time to get wacky. It's time for Random Packer of the Week. Oh, what a catchy little ditty. All right. Dustin, (laughs) who is your Random Packer for this week? Oh, boy. This one is going to reach some memories for most Packer fans here. My random Packer week is Tony Mandrich from Michigan State, offensive guard. Obviously, if you don't know who he is, probably the biggest bust of all time in the NFL draft. Was he – it was number two overall, if I'm not correct. (laughs) Ryan Leaf. (laughs) Jamarcus Russell. I don't know. I It's it's arguable because this dude was supposed to be a generational talent at offensive guard. Huge. I mean, clearly on steroids. I don't know how you didn't look at this dude and be like, yeah, this guy's like 350 and completely jacked. Like, he's got a bulging six-pack and massive arms. You're like, 
this wouldn't raise a red flag like, hey, this guy might be on something. No, Packers, no, nah, it looks good enough to me. We passed up so many Hall of Famers for this man, and he ended up doing nothing. I don't think he started a single game for us. It's not a bad pick, but that just made me really sad. I thought this was supposed to be a happy segment. He sucked in a good way. <laughs> no, I don't think – is that possible? I don't think you can suck in a positive way. I, I mean, guess you could, baby. That's inappropriate. The kids go to bed. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm nervous. My face is hot. Alec. My random Packer of the Week is a random Packer that I thought was going to become a fan favorite, uh, similar to that of John Kuhn. It is Aaron Ripkowski. I really liked the old Ripper, but then, uh, you know, the Grim Reaper came for his career, and now he's, he's now longer in the NFL. But Aaron Ripkowski, everybody, give him a hand. Actually, hold on. Well, great choice, and I'm not disparaging your pick. Did Al- or did uh, did Dustin already pick him? I feel like he picked him in I a think summer. I did. I think that sounded I did. really familiar. Yeah, yeah like, way to rip me off. Way to do yeah. Did I say Johnny Jolly yet? <laughs> I, I I think so. I mind. think that one also has been said. So you know what? I'm changing my mind. Dustin is this week's master debater. Oh, <laughs> it's hey. a tiebreaker. Congratulations, Dustin. You are this week's master debater. (laughs) So Dustin wins our takeoff for those keeping score at home because Alex on original. (laughs) (laughs) This one might bring a smile to your face. 2005, one of my favorite years of Packer football. Terrible. Oh, (laughs) great year. And here's the name. It might bring a smile to your face because I'm pretty sure I had him on a ton of Madden creative teams. Mike? Flanagan, center. <laughs> no? no. I, I remember him. I remember him. Yeah. <laughs> well, I remember him. the deadpan reaction for you listening on podcast, the dead quiet felt like an eternity. Nobody, like, so? All right, fine. I have, here's another one, Grady Jackson, defensive tackle. That one do anything for you? All right. Well, well, um. Then I guess that's going to end the segment. I guess we're done. <laughs> Way to go, Alex. You ruined it. Yep. I just killed Random Packer of the Week. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, <laughs> I joke about that, but it actually is time to end the show. We th- Thank you for watching. If you watch on the live stream, hopefully this continues to grow. The quote-unquote LCU, as I'm calling it, the Lockdown Corner Universe. There's the MCU, there's the DCEU, and now there's the LCU. So we are trying to diversify, grow this thing. So thank you. And from the bottom of all of our hearts, thank you guys so much for your endless love and support. It really means the world to us and why we want to get better and why we want to continue to grow. So thank you so much for listening on stream. I hope everything went well. On our end, it looked fine, but I don't know what it looked like on YouTube. So anyway, thank you for the support. Thank you for watching. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. It is a little difficult to find, but if you follow us on our Facebook page, Synergy, if you follow us on our Facebook page, the link is posted. You will find other stuff on our YouTube page going forward, including going forward, and I will ask Alec and Dustin to join me occasionally. I am going to do a gambling segment on Fridays, hopefully get that up on Friday afternoons. Betting may not be legal where you are, but it's still fun to talk about. I'm going to pick five games. I'm going to call Big Al's Big Five. 
So we're going to do a little bit of gambling on the YouTube page. It's a YouTube exclusive, so make sure you are subscribed to our YouTube channel. But otherwise, you can find this episode. If you listen on live stream, great. If you want to listen to it again, you will find it on our podcast feed. Thank you, and it's gonna. Thank you for being patient with us because this might take a minute for us to figure out. And I know I released a bonus episode kind of explaining all of that. Um, but anyway, thank you for the support. I can't say it enough. I know I said it a thousand times already, but thank you, thank you, thank you. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Corner Lockdown. I will put it on the screen if you are watching live right now. At Corner Lockdown, you can find us on Twitter. You can find us all on Twitter individually as well. We are going to try and up our social media presence for you guys because, obviously, if you like the show, you want more of us. So I will be live-tweeting the game on Sunday. Try that out. I've never live-tweeted before. So we're going to do a bunch of stuff. So I will wrap this up because I am rambling. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for all the support. Subscribe, like to all of our stuff, and obviously, as always, Oh, ho!